Hello everybody, I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. And this is another episode of Criminally Disturbed. And in this episode, we have Jamie's part two to the followers of Christ. Yes, this episode, we're going to be based in Idaho. Okay, so the last one was the one that was based in Oregon. Oregon. Okay. And in the episode, we found out that Oregon had changed some of its laws to where the parents could be prosecuted. However, in Idaho, there are no laws. Okay. So well, there are laws, but they protect the parents. Right. When you say prosecute the parents, mm-hmm. you may want to explain that as far as if someone is, this is their very first episode that they're listening to. That's true. Quick recap. The followers of Christ don't believe in medical intervention. They don't see doctors. The only type of medical profession they will see is like an eye doctor or a dentist. But that's still kind of hypocritical. It is. Yeah. In my opinion, it is. Right. But for any other type of illness, whether major or minor, they believe in the power of prayer. Mm-hmm. And that is basically all they will do okay. for said illness. If that illness results in death, then it was God's will that that person, whether infant, yeah. young child, older person, almost said old people. <laughs> older person as that, in maybe an adult that cannot take care of itself. Right. Right. Yeah. So Then it was God's will. Right. Now, before I... I turn you loose on this thing because I turn will me loose. <laughs> I will say that over the last few days you and I have had several conversations and even some conversations that involve some other people. Right. And basically it, it wasn't an argument so to speak, it was more of a debate. And we'll get into that in this episode, but before we start the episode uh, I do want to remind everybody of our, our email address, which is cdisturbedpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, go by our Facebook page, Criminally Disturbed. Give us a like. And then our Instagram is Criminally Disturbed Podcast. Again, go by there. Give us a like. Follow us on those different uh, social media platforms. And go by, if you have not already, and subscribe on our Patreon page and get access to those bonus episodes that we've been uploading. We have uploaded some bonus episodes to the Patreon page. So go by, do not miss out on any of that content. Go by and subscribe. We have different tiers from uh, $3 to $5 to 10. And so it's whatever you guys are comfortable with. Uh, we tried to you know structure that in a way that it may not hurt your pocketbook so whatever you're comfortable with proceeds collected in the patreon subscriptions will go to better in the podcast and swag for listeners absolutely Uh, we are in the process of developing some merchandise for the podcast Mm -hmm. and uh, we want to reward our subscribers yeah so because we love y'all absolutely we love y'all and thank y'all for those that have have subscribed to the patreon page we really appreciate it we appreciate all of our listeners though right so definitely uh, we want everybody to keep coming back we are producing more content yep 
Uh, we have several episodes that are recorded right now, and we just need to get them edited and uploaded. So uh, we are doing better on our end, and we hope that you guys enjoy it. One more thing that I wanted to bring up is last night we had fun. We did have fun. We had a, uh, I guess you would call it a dinner party. We did. At a friend of ours' house, and uh, man, she and her husband did not disappoint. I know, and I just told my husband before before we started recording, you know, I usually drink like beer. Yeah. You know, simple alcohol, and her husband was making me white Russians, which I hadn't had in forever, and they were amazing. Yeah. But I feel like shit today. (laughs) (laughs) Well... But they were good. Oh, yeah. Everything was good. Yes. Uh, they, they cooked us uh, steaks and boiled some shrimp. Oh, and, it was good. And it was it was absolutely on point. And then we got to go out on their pontoon. Yeah, on the lake. Oh, because they live on the lake. And it, the weather was, was perfect. perfect for yeah. that. It was a nice light breeze. We want to thank you for that because I think we can probably safe, be safe to say that. Well, we know she. She's listening, so. Thank you for that. Thank you for your hospitality from yeah. you and your husband. You guys have a beautiful home and uh, can't wait to come back. Can't wait to have you guys over here. So just want to say that. Okay. Let's jump into the shit show that is. <laughs> I was fixing to say, let's get ready for the bullshit. Oh, it is. And yeah. look, listeners, Jamie and I do not argue about this. No. It is a debate. And you will see, you will hear it probably within this episode. We don't argue about this. I think that both of us are on the same page. Um, I, I think what's happening is, and I usually try to do this with our episodes, is kind of try and put myself in other people's positions. Yeah. And that's what my husband is trying to get across to me. Yeah. Um, how, it's hard, though. How and I was fixing to say, however, I'm just like, I can't put myself in this position. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck them. So, so let's roll into it. Okay. Sources for this episode are from The Guardian, from Idaho News, IdahoChildren.org, in a article that was written for the journal of child and adolescent trauma it was titled faith-based medical neglect for providers and policymakers and it was written by rita swan okay okay so no one expects people who believe in faith healing to change their beliefs i mean they're they're pretty staunch in their beliefs as long as they stick to it right and they don't deviate from that they don't The First Amendment to the Constitution protects their right to have whatever religious beliefs they choose, but (laughs) not at the expense of causing harm, however unintentionally, to children. The U.S. Supreme Court has ruled that parents may be free to become martyrs themselves, but it does not follow they are free in identical circumstances to make martyrs of their children before they have reached the age of full and legal discretion when they can make that choice for themselves. Okay, I was waiting for you to make a comment. 
I mean, I have all kinds of comments. Each state in the United States has their also their own constitution. Right. So, and that's where the issue lies here. Correct. Yeah. However, the federal government will not cross the boundary when it involves religion mm-hmm. because of the freedom of religion. Right. And they they do leave it up to each individual state. Correct. To, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So... As we just seen, First Amendment protections for religious freedom do not include a right to neglect a child. Many states have enacted laws allowing religious objectors to withhold preventative screening and in some states therapeutic medical care from children. Religious exemptions from child health and safety laws should be repealed so that children have equal rights to medical care. And I agree with that. Okay. I'm, in my opinion, and that was the, the the essence of our debate, right? So when you get into the meat of what's going on, we can continue with that. But based on what you just read, and and then the last part of that, it should be appealed. Yeah. However, it has not. It has not in Idaho. In Idaho, right. Also, many of the religious exemptions are in violation of the Establishment Clause, which means that states give special consideration only to those who belong to a well-recognized religion or a bona fide religion. Okay, who, okay, wait a minute. So this is crossing into the grayest of gray areas because now you're leaving so much to interpretation and who makes the decision on bona fide versus you know credible well i was i have more to add to that oh shit so just hold your thought for a minute okay many court rulings have held that the state cannot give a religious privilege only to those who belong to certain churches and also do states really have a right to determine which denominations are actually well-recognized or bona fide? How do states get to establish what is a bona fide religion? Like, okay, a person is having church in their house, and they got 50 members coming to their house. That's my But the point. state could say, oh, that's, well, that's not a bona fide religion. That is my point exactly. Why doesn't the state follow the same guidelines and let the federal government decide what are which recognized exactly religions? exactly that's yeah. my point exactly yeah okay like I said this episode is about Idaho because they have the most compelling need for law changes Idaho not only has religious exemptions to manslaughter non-support criminal injury and neglect. In our Oregon episode, we, you know, I'd mentioned, I don't know what non, why non-support was in there. I thought it meant like child support. So um, what is non-support? Like you're not supporting your child by getting medical attention. So you're basically not supporting them. I thought it meant child support. And I was like, why is that in there? Well, I guess when I first heard you say it, I thought immediately not child support, but also not medical attention, but just there are things that you have to do in a child's life to support their life, their right. life existence, mm-hmm. and that is feeding them, clothing them, right? You know, possibly Which, educating them, right? You know. And I, I, that probably all what you just said probably also falls under that non-support. Okay. Also, okay. all right. In the criminal code of Idaho, 
prosecutors are prevented from filing charges when children die in faith healing sects. Sects. That's a hard word so to say. S-E-C-T? Yeah, I'm not saying like sex. <laughs> Due to lack of medical treatment, because Idaho's definition of manslaughter requires that a prosecutor prove that an unlawful act has been committed. However, both of those crimes, meaning non-support and injury, have excuses for those relying only on faith. A lobbyist for the Christian Science Church said that the religious exemptions were put in Idaho's criminal code at her church's urging. So these were put in there not even to mainly protect the followers of Christ. This was put in there for the Christian Science Church. However, the followers of Christ are covered under it. Wow. Yeah. They use, and I'm still talking about the codes, they use Christian science code words such as calling prayer treatment. Many religious exemptions reward extremism and covering only those who rely on spiritual means alone to heal a child. And what this means is if the parent combines spiritual remedies with Gatorade or cool baths or finally calls 911, then he or she is not relying on spiritual means alone and then can be prosecuted for neglect of the child. The reason behind that is... You're either all in or you're not. You're, yeah, exactly. You are going to follow the guidelines of this law, and as soon as you abandon your beliefs in mm-hmm. your religion and you call 911, that's where the federal government or the government can step in and prosecute. Uh, to me, I see that as bullshit. I'm, obviously, a parent shouldn't have let it get this far to finally call 911, but... To me, when they call 911, they have finally seen the light and are like, I really need to get help for my child. Yeah. So, therefore, to me. Well, if me, they see the light and say, I'm calling 911, their belief, their strong belief in their faith. Has been abandoned. Has been abandoned. Okay. So, here are some things that have been somewhat done in Idaho to kind of make changes to these laws that, like I said at the beginning of the episode, have not been changed, but here's just kind of some steps that have been taken. Okay. In 2014, Legislative Session Representative John Gannon introduced a bill which modified the current religious exemptions. Right. The bill that he introduced was referred to a committee, but they didn't hold any hearings because the House Speaker would not allow the committee to hold hearings on this. So what the House leadership was worried about was an emotionally charged hearing that would pit religious freedom against values like child welfare. So I guess he didn't want all that yeah, yeah, or drama, which is... Oh, it would have caused some drama, too. But it's like, but that's what you're there for. And this was also in an election year, 2014, Oh, yeah. So the child advocates that were for this bill were told, well, wait for our 2015 session when elections are over and we'll look over this again. Wow. Yeah. So Representative Christy Perry, her district has had many deaths of the followers' children, said 
that state laws should allow their parents to withhold life-saving medical care because the followers believe eternity is more important than earthly life. So she's for the followers, you know. So we watched this documentary on the followers, mm-hmm. okay? And this this woman was in said documentary. Uh, and for those that do, I didn't um, speak about it at the beginning of this episode because none of the stuff that I have in this article came from that documentary. It is interesting. Um, if you want to watch it, it's called No Greater Law. We watched it on Hulu, but it is available on Amazon Prime and I think Google Play. Okay. My thing is this. Who is she protecting or what is she protecting? Is she protecting these one this one group or is she protecting the actual freedom of religion to me and and this is just because i'm salty to me it's like yeah the majority of the followers live in her area so she's just trying to keep them happy so she keeps getting voted in yeah and that's just me being salty about it well you have to think and look i don't know how many people are in her district but you have to think if you're going to support these followers and their beliefs on not treatment or not having treatment for their children who are dying and many deaths. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you, I'm sure you'll get into that, but you have to think that you're the rest of the voters in your district are going to go against you right. because they feel like the same as you and I of Oh, no, those children needed to be taken to the hospital. Right. They needed to have modern medical technology to save their life. And this bullshit that these people are able to get away from this. To me, if you're a politician running in a district and the majority of your district is against those people, those small few, seems to me that you would kind of fall back on your natural belief of protecting children. Right, because my thing is, is if she sees nothing wrong with it and she's like, okay, this is how they believe, then why don't you follow those beliefs if you're okay with it? True. Follow those beliefs with your children. I bet you she wouldn't. Go join them. Right. And then watch your children get sick and die right in front of you. Don't call 911. Don't take them to the hospital. And let's see how you fair with that yeah after you've grown up your whole life Mm -hmm. and getting medical attention Mm -hmm. and stuff and then let's just stop that for my children and let them fare for themselves right and we'll just pray over them right chances are she wouldn't do it bullshit yeah that's what i'm saying i'm calling bullshit on that anyways so she meaning perry christy perry she dismissed concerns about the children and she said that the concerns for the deaths of the children were mostly coming from out of state. So like she's saying, like people in her area, they're not really concerned. It's just these people coming from out of state pushing for, you know, for these laws to be changed. Well, are all the other people in her district like super old and just are senile and they don't understand what's going on around them? I have no idea. I don't, obviously I don't agree with her. So, yeah, exactly. We don't agree with her. So what I'm saying is, is that is everybody else in her district uh, just oblivious to basic human rights? I have no idea. Bullshit. So, like they said, 2015, it would be reintroduced. Child advocates, y'all just hold on a little bit. So we're in 2015, and there was a report from 
the governor, his at the time was Governor Otter, he had a task force on children at risk. So they submitted a report to him that recommended the religious exemption statutes be changed to protect children. So this is a governor task force that has given him this recommendation. Instead of him promoting this recommendation from his own task force, he asked the legislature to appoint a group to study the issue. So they have a group that has advised the, the governor's governor. task, the governor's own task force right. that he That's created. A, right. It's a group yeah. that he created to look into this. And they said, and they said, hey, we need to make changes. We need to make some changes. And then so he's going to create another group. No, he, uh, asked, the he asked the legislature to create another group to look over it, to second guess his first group. Right. When instead he could have been like, hey, my task force that I created said this and we need to go with what they're saying. So the legislature did get together a group and the group held two hearings, but no reports or recommendations were given. So all of this is a huge Cluster waste. Fuck. It's a waste of money. Yeah. It's a waste of resources that can be going towards actually doing something. Exactly. And actually protecting and, children and stuff. I mean, have something in place. Give them free medi- Medicaid or, or Medicaid or whatever the state level healthcare right. is. Give them something. But that's not even an to, issue. It, well, with that's the what people. I'm saying. Yeah. I mean, you know, but offer it to them. That way, they'll be more enticed. Maybe that they don't have to pay these bills or whatever. Offer it to them. Yeah. You know. I mean, shit. Instead of spending all this money for these groups and then another group to to second guess your first group that you put together and stuff, it's like did did he did he look at his first group that he created and say, I'm so sorry that I ever created y'all. Now, legislation or legislatures, will you please put together a group to investigate these fools and what they're saying? I mean, because <laughs> that's basically on. what it looks like. I mean, this is so stupid. Yeah. Wow. So, during the 2015 legislative session, when, you know, the child advocates were promised that something would be introduced, there was absolutely nothing introduced. Typical politicians. So, the fall of 2015, after nothing was introduced, Senator Lee Hyder actually promised to support a bill to protect children, and he even asked the Attorney General to prepare it. To prepare the bill so he could, you know, bring it, bring it out or whatever. I'm, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Present it. Present um, it. There you go. Yeah. He was trying to present it. However, the Senator Hyder attended a Followers of Christ Church service in January of 2016. That's allowed? I guess. And after that church service, he's like, no, nah, we're not introducing a bill. Did he give a reason? <laughs> no. I'd like to know what he saw. I would like to know what he saw, too. I mean, even us watching the documentary, I mean, these... Well, they didn't allow cameras inside the they church. They did not allow cameras inside the church, but they did allow cameras, like, in the parking lot of the church. And oh, yeah. And these people who are against medical care and all that have no issue driving Cadillacs and excursions and having cell phones and electricity. Electricity. And water yeah. and the modern conveniences of a technologically advanced world, right? Except for medical, right? Mo- modern medical technology. They won't. 
we won't have that. That's the devil. But, you know, they'll say that as they're driving away with their middle finger sticking out of the window of their Cadillac. Right. Which nobody held up their middle finger. I know. (laughs) (laughs) Their proverbial middle finger. Right. (laughs) So, Linda Martin, she was a former member of the Followers of Christ. She grew up near Boise. She left when she was a teenager, and she now lives in Oregon. And she said that violence was the reason that she left home. And since she's left home, she has devoted years of research to documenting the deaths that have occurred. And she also keeps their obituaries in an album for those that actually end up in the newspaper. And she is one of the main people that are lobbying to have the laws changed. She said that everybody hears about the Oregon City Trials, which we talked about in last episode she said what they don't understand is the idaho churches are more rigid they are unbending and they are more ruthless than the oregon churches are what does that mean meaning that they will probably not ever change their beliefs and but hell i thought the the oregon churches were pretty rigid too that's what i was gonna say i mean it's like i I didn't hear any bending there right but she used to be a follower so obviously she has inside knowledge so okay she can she can say that sure she said that it happens one at a time and the church is so good at covering up that most people don't even know what's going on next door to them so i guess maybe she's referring to deaths there that they just cover up i don't know okay why would you have a why would you have a need to cover up if you're that religious and you're following christ and and you're following god's word and everything else why would you feel a need to do to go through those lengths to cover something up i've read that the followers are very um untrusting of the outside outsiders okay so i don't think it's really that they're covering up but they just don't want it to bring attention to themselves so it's kind of like i'm sorry but children dying brings you a lot of attention exactly yeah i mean come on yeah you know hey there were some kids out there playing the other day and now there's no kids right like what happened what what the fuck happened over there you know that's i'm sorry you're gonna get attention we're going to get, okay, now we done went over their bogus bullshit laws and <laughs> had some discussions about that. L- let's get to, um, unfortunately, the reason for this episode. Here's a few of the victims. We're going to begin with Arian Jade Grandin. In 2012, Arian, she was 15 when she died at her home in Idaho. Three days before she died, Arian and five other family members had suddenly started having severe nausea, vomiting, and diarrhea. And all of those in the house that were experiencing that, they figured they had some type of food poisoning. Okay, Sounds like it. Yeah. Within 24 to 36 hours, everybody else has started to feel better except for Arian. She continued to suffer and became weak, lethargic, and was unable to eat or drink. She gradually became more lethargic and slipped into unconsciousness. She remained in the unconscious state for four to five hours and then went into cardiac arrest. So she, what happened was she had vomited so badly that she had ruptured her esophagus. Mm-hmm. The pathologist found gastrointestinal hemorrhage and a ruptured esophagus, which I just said. 
Besides her parents, many family and friends were in her home when officials arrived, but none of them had called for medical help. Well, how did the authorities know? I guess after she died, they called and said, hey, we had this happen. Because I've heard they'll wait a few hours after a death and then they'll bathe said child, infant, and then dress them and then they'll call the coroner which is an issue with police oh yeah because no investigation can be had the crime scene is tainted right whether a crime has been committed or right. not i said crime scene i mean but i mean that is how they said it sure I mean, sure. yeah i mean i so say crime saying that but we don't know that there's a crime that's been committed right like the scene of the death right yeah so which is an issue for police officers. Absolutely. And, and I get it. They can't determine if uh, foul play was right. uh, evident. Yep. Arian had five brothers and two sisters. She was the third oldest. She was a typical teenage girl. She loved snowboarding and she ran track. And it says she was a bit obsessed with boys, <laughs> which she was 15. So, yeah. She was fond of elegant dresses and torn jeans and loved to take pictures with her friends. A few months before her death, she had gotten a new dog. Her last posting on her Facebook page was simply that she can't, she couldn't wait for school. She has a Facebook page? I know. When I read that, I was like, y'all allow all this stuff, but y'all can't get medical help. Make Make it make sense. That's, you know, the Cadillac and the F-250s and the excursions and the cell phones, you know, cell phones and the pagers and the, you know, yeah. telegraph machine. I, I don't know. I'm just saying <laughs> all the modern technologies that they, you know, partake in, but modern medicine. Now, I'm going to say it at the end of this. Okay. Okay. I'm, I'm going to save this as far as modern medicine. Okay. All right. So. Micah Taylor Eels. He died in 2013. He was four days old. He had a bowel obstruction and sepsis, which is a blood infection. Mm -hmm. Such a blockage usually causes extreme pain and repeated vomiting. So when Micah was born, it was unattended. And after he died, there was no autopsy performed, but the coroner's external examination, so he was able to look at externally, found that Micah's belly was distended and hardened and that his scrotum was swollen to four times a normal size. So he had elephantitis. I don't know. Or maybe just that obstruction wow. caused swelling. Sounds like a hernia slash, you maybe. know, that's kind of what it sounds like to me, but I'm not a doctor. So. Right. Pamela Jade Eels. She died in 2011 of pneumonia. She was 16. She had long suffered from chronic osteomyelitis. So I did research because I was like, what is that? It is infection in a bone. Whoa. Yeah. It travels through your bloodstream or the bone can become infected from nearby tissue. It can be treated with antibiotics. Okay. If it is allowed to progress, then the next step of treatment would be removal of parts of the bone that has died because it it will kill your bones and then treated with more strong antibiotics. Hmm. 
So the osteomyelitis was actually in her pelvic bone. And I don't know if this actually had anything to do with the pneumonia. However, she slowly drowned as her lungs filled up with fluid from pneumonia. That's how pneumonia works. I mean, it breaks now, down the cells inside of your lungs, inside of the walls of your lungs, and it creates fluid. Right. But and, what I... I, what I was saying, I don't know if the osteomyelitis actually kind of helped that process along. Like, oh, I see. Yeah, and and it might have. It, it could because have. her body was weakened. Yeah, it could have. So, Doctor Charles Garrison performed the autopsy, and he said that if you've ever been in a situation where you can't breathe, it's pretty desperate. You're drowning in your own fluids. Wow. And he said, it's inexplicable to me to comprehend how anyone can watch a child die and do nothing. Well, I mean, all, the, all, the majority of the rest of the world right. would be in agreements with that doctor. Right. So, Jerry Gardner, in 1980, he died from diabetes at age 11. According to his cousin, Jerry's mother knew that he was diabetic and tried to control his type 1 diabetes with diet. He had symptoms of diabetes for several weeks before he went into a diabetic coma. Jerry was the third of four children to die in his family, and he was the only one to live past birth. And I'm going to get in his siblings here in a minute. He had been a large baby, and the midwives pulled on him so hard that they broke his arm during birth. That fool didn't want to come out. He didn't. So Jerry's siblings, like, we, like I said, he was the only one out of four to live. His siblings were Craig, Darren, and Scott. All three died at birth. No autopsies were done. However, you know, medical professionals kind of looked at all these different deaths. Because you remember I said there was a, uh, in last episode, there was a report on, of these deaths that happened in, in the community, which ones have, could have been prevented, yeah. which ones were preventable. Right. So they're thinking what happened was RH factor kind of caused these three deaths and i went i got some detail on that rh factor is a protein found on the surface of red blood cells so if you have that protein then you're considered rh positive if a person does not have that protein then they're rh negative now if somebody's not rh negative there's like no issues they live their everyday life with no issues however it does become a problem when a mother is pregnant and she's RH negative and her baby in her womb is RH positive. Because it can happen because it can come from father. So it's a genetic thing. Yes. Okay. So, and it says that that is usually not an issue with a first pregnancy. Usually not. But it can become an issue if a mother and a child's blood come into contact. Like I said, if the mother is negative, and her and a child's blood come into contact, and this can happen if she has a miscarriage, if she has an abortion, or during actual childbirth, her being RH negative, her body will start producing antibodies. And so if she becomes pregnant again, and she has these antibodies in her body... They attack the, fe the fetus. Especially if, it, if said child is RH positive. I got it. Now, this is treatable. Okay. It says that if the baby is positive, antibodies from the mother can cross the placenta and mm -hmm. would damage the baby's red blood cells. So, usually when 
a woman at the beginning of their pregnancy, they do a, a lot of lab work. And yeah. that will tell them then if mother is RH negative. And if she is, has she started producing antibodies from like previous pregnancy? Okay. So if she has not producing antibodies, then it's, it's fine at that moment. And they'll just keep a watch on her throughout her pregnancy, mm-hmm. like periodically draw more blood. And if she is not producing antibodies, they can also at that time give her an injection that'll keep her from forming them antibodies during her pregnancy. And she'd have to have that injection every so often throughout her pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Now, if they do this lab work and they see that she her body has started producing the antibodies, then it, they have to treat it totally different. She will have to be carefully monitored. During her pregnancy, baby would have to be carefully monitored. And he said what could happen is they can actually give the baby a blood transfusion through its umbilical cord, which I was like, wow. Did not know that. I did not either. I was like, wow, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. Anyways, I said all this to to basically say if these three babies, if their mother had had prenatal care, their, their deaths were preventable. Or could have possibly been prevented with the proper prenatal care. Okay. Okay. So, a few paragraphs ago, a few minutes ago, I said that in 2014 that a bill was actually presented to the legislature to change the medical change. That was before the election. Right. Yep. And remember, I said that it ended up they the legislatures were like, no, we'll we'll wait till 2015. So part of this bill that was introduced, there was actually letters from survivors that had left the followers of Christ. They, um, they wrote letters to these legislators like, let me tell you this, you're looking at this bill, but let me also give you kind of backstory into how my life was when I was a member. I'm sure that some of them or most of them were compelling. Yeah. So I have two of them here. Um, This one, the first one I'm fixing to read, we kind of touched upon him in the last episode, Brian Hoyt, who went out for wrestling and messed up his foot. Well, his letter goes more into depth, so I'm going to go ahead and include it and read it because it's more. So he said, obviously, he grew up in the followers of Christ, and it was violently abusive, both physically and mentally. He said that the followers are a cult of oppression, fear, and control. And this is accepted in the cult and is also encouraged. So he's calling it a cult. He is. Okay. He said the church that he attended was, I'm not going to give the location, um, but he attended the church with his mother and his stepfather. He said that the followers are a tightly woven group keeping to themselves as a child, I was not allowed to have friends or associate with those of the world, in quotation marks. That means outside of the faith. Yes. Okay. And he went on to say that anyone not of the followers are of the world and therefore the direct hands of Satan. <laughs> They're the devil. So, okay, whatever. I know. So he said he had many experiences, but here's one in particular that he would like to right about and he said that if the state could have intervened when this happened it would have been of great benefit to him however obviously the state did not intervene um he said in the seventh grade i wanted so badly to have friends and be accepted in a world that was not 
of the followers. He decided to try out for wrestling against the wishes of his mother and his stepfather because he was going to be with people of the world, them damn sinners. <laughs> so during wrestling, his left foot had two metatarsals broken. His mother was notified. She came and she picked him up from school. He was taken home where he received the normal followers treatment. And he said there was a bottle. There was always a bottle of Manischewitz wine. I don't know. That <laughs> sounds kosher Jewish. Wine. Kosher wine, yeah. yeah. In the refrigerator. He said this bottle was communal and shared. Ugh. Yeah. Any disorder that ailed you was healed through the body of Christ in the wine. Whether it was measles, the flu, a common cold, a migraine, broken bones, whatever ailed you, that bottle of wine was the cure. Was it, did they call it the blood of Christ or something? I'm betting probably what they did was. Like communion? They prayed, like in communion, they yeah. prayed over it. Wow. Yeah. He said you would just take a swig directly from the bottle of wine, which means that everybody's mouths were on that same bottle. A lot of backwash Blech. in that. Blessed backwash. <laughs> and he said, and you would let your faith in the body of Christ cure you. And he said, as for actual topical treatments, which I guess would be like a neosporin or stuff like that, well, you would have a bottle of rancid olive oil sitting in the cupboard. He said the olive oil was used for all manner of treatments. If you had a wound that was oozing pus, no problem. You just have a couple of rubs of the sacred and blessed olive oil, and that would get rid of that pus. Was this olive oil um, imported from Italy? I don't know. <laughs> By the olives of the olive branch that, <laughs> you know, I mean, come on. I know. This is ridiculous. And but I'm see, assuming... I'm. I'm I'm sorry. This is processed olive oil. Right. And I'm assuming maybe in in the way of the wine, I guess maybe it was prayed over and well, sure, made but, it. But that doesn't, well, I, I guess it, my, that's a modern technology. That's a modern, you know, bottle of wine and a modern oil and, you know, it's oil. Yeah. I could, which brings me to, I guess I could have done a little bit more research. Why is it olive oil? Why can't it be canola oil or I, peanut oil? I would say that. Or vegetable oil. Maybe olive oil is one of the purest oils. I don't. I don't oh, really that's a know. Good point. I don't really know that to be fact. Right. I'm only saying because it's you know, it's one of the lighter oils. I don't know. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Okay. If you had broken bones, rub some of that rancid olive oil on it. If you had chicken pox that itched, rub that olive oil. They and, still gonna itch. Mm -hmm. And he said, "Let us not worry about cross contaminations. You see, when it turns cloudy and white, it is not the perfect breeding ground of rancid shared contamination, which is, I guess, what it would be when it turned cloudy and white. Now they say that it is the body of Christ blessing it with His Spirit. He's being facetious in his words. There, he's being obnoxious." Right, and, but I'm, you know, be kind of like a, oh, let's not take the fact that this thing is, you know, oozing in white as, as it's infected, you know, no, their belief, right, exactly. Right. It, it, no, their belief is that that's the, you know, the body of Christ and right. blah, blah, blah. That's how they explained away. Right. It turned white. Yeah. No, it's infected. 
Right. <laughs> it's contaminated with the devil, and I'm being salty. Yeah, I know. So, we're getting into his story of what happened. He said, upon getting home from school, I was prayed over, given a swig of that wine, rubbed with that rancid olive oil, and the elders were called to assemble a prayer circle. The elders are an assemblage of those believing that they have been personally called upon by God to step up in order to counsel and heal the flock. He said, yes, the voices in their head told them they could heal. He's being salty there, and that's he the is. way I see it, too. Yeah, he is. I agree with him. Over I the agree, ne- too. Yeah. Over the next few days, it was diagnosed to be a twisted ankle by the elders. And they're medically trained. Yeah, a voice in their head probably told sure. them that yeah. they were medically trained. Ah, uh-huh. okay. <laughs> Several times I would be anointed with the rancid oil, given the wine, prayed above and told to walk as he was healed. He said it always ended the same as my left foot hit the ground and my weight put pressure on it. I would pass out in pain. He said oftentimes I would awaken to abusive beatings, being told that my faith in God was too weak and to allow God to heal him. He said I was told I was a gay boy and therefore would not be healed. This went on for many days until the school requested a medical slip to continue my absences. So he he was told, he was called the, you know, he was called a homosexual. Right. And he was said that he would not be healed because of his sexual orientation. Right, which which is bullshit. He's not, but he's not gay though, is he? I don't know. Okay, well, it doesn't matter. Right. That's not. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus loved everybody. Jesus healed whores. Yeah, he did. So he did. It's like, why? Now, I, never mind. That's that's so fucked up, I can't even. It is. Know. Uh, anyway, so the, he's passing out from the pain as, right. he's, as these elders who obviously don't know shit exactly. about the medical world right. are telling him to walk on it. Mm-hmm. And he's passing out from the pain mm-hmm. and he's awakened. Because they're beating be, on him. To be, he's awakened to the fact that he's being beaten. Right. And stuff. And and that's going to heal him. Yeah. I've never had a broken bone, but I can only imagine how painful it would be. And Well, different bones, when they're broken, hurt worse than right. others. But imagine your foot. I mean, that, the metal, metacarpals, that's the, I believe, again, I'm not a doctor. But I believe that's the bones on the top of your foot. Oh. And, yeah, those, it would hurt. Yeah. You know, but. Now, look, you don't have this, but I have this. I had a, I have a tattoo on the top of my foot. Yeah. Over those bones. Yeah, I don't have a tattoo on top of my foot. And just that tattoo on top of those bones hurt. Yeah. yeah. So, I can. I can imagine. Yeah. When I got the one on my chest. Oh, yeah. And he got really close to the center of my sternum. Yeah. You know. He got really close to that. Mm-hmm. Oh, just the pain that was radiating to that bone right. hurt. Yeah. You know, so, mm. yeah. Okay. So, the, like like he said, the school requested basically a, a doctor's excuse. So, he said they finally had to bend to the law of the land and take him into a doctor. He said, I was still in the same pair of pants and shoes that he had wore when he, the injury occurred because he was he was so swollen that those could not be removed. Wow. So the doctor and the nurse had to cut off his pants so they could take the x-rays. And 
according to the followers, this was a sure sign that he was gay because the nurse and the doctor were males and they cut off his pants. Like, come on, people. That's stupid. He has no control right. over who his nurse and his doctor is. Right. He said they saw it as that the hands of the doctor and the nurse were the direct hands of Satan attempting to alter what was manifest predestination. Everything good or bad to happen to you in life is preordained by God. Your faith and belief will carry you through. Your lack is surely your failings. Come on now. My foot was found to have been shattered in two places and infected as well. And he was also in shock. I was put in a temporary cast due to the swelling. He was given pain meds and antibiotics. When they got back home, the meds were flushed. And he received a sermon as to why he had not been healed. Because he was a bad person. Then why did they take him? Because they needed that doctor's excuse for him to go back to school. And he was also told how the schools and the government were trying to disavow God. And that he was going to burn in hell over his lack of faith. Now, first of all, if they followed the Bible like they say they do, they are therefore passing judgment by saying yeah. he was going to burn in hell. They and are. that is a no-no. Yeah, that's a yeah, that's not their call. So, he said that they had to go back to the doctor for a walking cast. He said, again, this was, twi this was caused by the school because they were saying that they were going to have this investigated. He said there were many beatings to keep his mind right. And he was told not to discuss any of this with outsiders. He said since the pain pills had been thrown out, he had difficulty sleeping. And he said many nights I would be slapped across the face for wincing and pain. And what? He, yeah. He said he would be beaten with a willow branch, a belt, or hand. Ugh. And he said I will pull my... I would pull my blankets over my head and cry as silently as possible, knowing that the slightest whimper would show my lack of belief and bring the wrath. The elders would be called for a prayer circle. The abuse would cycle, and the fear to tell anyone was enough to keep me quiet. The gay doctors were obviously wrong, and it was just a sprained ankle. If I would just open my heart to the blessings and love of God, I would heal. He said, while the bruises of this have long passed, the physical pain dispersed and it is still carried with me every day. Not to mention the emotional. That's a lot of emotional abuse, too. That's horrible. That's horrific. That's unfathomable mm -hmm. for anybody outside of this group and stuff. It's, it, it's almost unbelievable. But the fact of the matter is this guy went through something. And I'm not saying that he didn't go through everything that he's describing here. It's just, it is really, really on our end of things. It's like, why would anybody be treated by someone, by a group of people that is supposed to be following the word of God and knowing that Jesus Christ himself would never have done things no. like this, you know? No. And it's like, and then, and then passing judgment, like right. you said, mm -hmm. I mean, that directly contradicts the old testament of the bible right not anything with the new testament but the old testament Thou passing shall not judgment judge. it, there you go yep passing judgment is not your call exactly and you judge that doctor the nurse and your your child right telling him he's going to go to hell yeah Mm -mm. Just, you, know. you don't make that call nope and like i said these letters i'm fixing to read the next one these were given to the legislature, meaning that the legislators 
read these letters. Did and, they, though? Oh, that's a good point. Hell, they might not have. But me and you sitting here, re- me reading, you listening, I mean, you see how the how it's affecting us. It is. And so one thing that I would like to point out that happens in the court of law is a big no-no is you cannot ask jurors to put themselves in the position of the victim. Right. That is a big no-no. And so this impact statement basically is what it is from this uh, you know, person. That could be construed as if they read that during that hearing, it could be construed as trying to put the voters in well, this the is a, position a, 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 of the victim. Yeah. But also, these letters are also to show the legislators legislatures that, you know, everything is not all sprinkles and rainbows and unicorns among the followers as they would like for you to believe. I mean, that's pretty apparent. And a little right. bit of investigation, and you can, fi- you can find out the facts behind right. this if they're thinking this is a baseless claim. Mm-hmm. A little bit of investigation, and they'd be able to find any evidence that they need to substantiate. And my thing is, and just real quick, in his in his letter, he said that the school threatened an investigation. Why didn't they go through with it? Like y'all should have went through with it. You should have. And if you suspected something, I'm wondering if he said something to the school. Oh, maybe so. If he, if they didn't, then there'd be nothing really to warrant. Yeah, that's true. an investigation. That's true. Okay, this last letter was written by Terry Hughes, and this letter is just heartbreaking. He said, My father was born and raised in the followers of Christ in Boise, Idaho. His father was an active member for over 63 years until the time of his death, which was April 1st of 2013. He said, Before his father and mother divorced, he had pneumonia when he was about two years old. His mother told him that he almost died, because his father forbid her to take him to a doctor for treatment. So therefore, his parents divorced when he was three. His mother moved to Washington after the divorce, but he would still spend summers with his father for court-ordered visitation. So it sounds like when he was with his mother, he got like medical care and all that. Sure. He said he was 12 when his half-brother Stephen was born with spina bifida. Stephen suffered from extremely painful headaches and other problems associated Mm. with this disability. Mm. Stephen received no medical care because of his father and stepmother's beliefs. He wouldn't even receive an aspirin for pain. Oh, man. Yeah. Stephen died when he was almost three in 1982. He said, it was very traumatic for me to watch Stephen suffer and receive no help. He said, at 15, I was in a serious car accident in Sylvana, Washington. I was hospitalized at Cascade Valley Hospital for a broken jaw, broken nose, knee, and other injuries. He said his father came to visit him while he was there. If my medicine was brought in while my father was there, he would intercept it if he could and throw it away. His father would also voice his disapproval for doctors and medicine. At 16, I was visiting my father in Boise, Idaho. We were at the cabin of one of the other followers of Christ. It was an elder of the followers of Christ. He said, I wrecked my dirt motorcycle in an eight-foot-deep ravine. Wow. My father refused to take me in for medical treatment. I was in pain. I had a lot of bruises. It was unable to walk without pain for a couple of weeks. He said, at 
At 18, I joined the military. I was visiting my father in Boise, Idaho, during leave. I once again wrecked my motorcycle. God, dog, man. He needed to leave the motorcycles alone. Yeah, he does. He said, while we were riding in Emmett, Idaho, I needed stitches to close a wound on my knee. My father tried to make me let an elder sew it up. Oh, Oh, my God. He said, I refused and went to a doctor for treatment. My father and I became estranged over the years because of his beliefs. I was not allowed to attend my father's funeral, in part because of our disagreements about his beliefs. And that was due, that was decided by the elders, I'm assuming. I'm, I'm assuming. He said, I've come to realize over the years that the followers of Christ is not a religion or church, but a destructive cult. They hide behind Idaho's religious shield laws. No adult should be able to allow a child to die from simple, treatable illnesses without facing any consequences. All children should be protected equally by the laws. And I agree with that. I totally agree with that. I I do agree with that. I just think that it doesn't matter about, to me, the law protecting them is a lack of evolving. Right. In my eyes, you know, this religion Mm -hmm. was started in the Mm mid-1880s. Okay. Well, in the 1880s, disease and viruses and bacteria was not as prevalent as it is today. Right. There was the population wasn't what it is today. Mm -hmm. And so you have more population with the risk of spread. Mm -hmm. And then you have mutated viruses out there that spread a lot easier. Right. And so as that has progressed over the years, so has modern medicine. Right. Now, Religious or not, Native Americans, before the Europeans landed on what is now America, they had witch doctors. Right. They used plants. Right. To make medicine. Which, I mean, is still used today in modern medicine. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I guarantee you, if you went to these people and showed them a breakdown of what Tylenol is actually made of, Yes, there's some things, some additives in it, but I mean, for the most part, all that stuff comes from the earth. From God. From God, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, are you serious? Right. So the law, mm-hmm. when this religion was started in the 1880s, mm-hmm. is this what brought on the law? No, they, these religious laws weren't... Or, at- or I say law, uh, I mean the law... the. Everybody has the right since they created the Constitution of the right. United States, and mm-hmm. that was obviously in the 1700s, but statutes right. and exemptions and, and things, codes. And, and codes. Right. When was all that? The religious exemptions didn't actually become enacted in Idaho until 1972. Wow. That's when they created the exemption to manslaughter, criminal injury, and non-support. Since these were actually um, enacted, there have been 182 children that have died from preventable illnesses. That's a lot. And and they're not prosecuted. The parents no. are not prosecuted Mm-mm. because of their religious beliefs. Right, okay. because they're covered. And 182 from preventable 
illnesses. In it's not 50 like 50 years. Right. It's not like car wrecks or anything like that. I mean, this is stuff that. No, we're not talking about around the world. We're no, talking this about is in, in a Idaho. community. Yes. In that community. Not even in the state. In right. the community. In that community. Which is a very small community. Right. 182 in, in less in well, in a hundred years, 182 children have perished. No, this is just since 1972. Right. In a hundred years. I'm sorry. In 50 years. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> in 50, which makes it even worse. It, I know. It, it makes it sound even worse. In 50 years time mm -hmm. 182 children have perished due to lack of medical care for preventable illnesses right. and stuff which could have been something as, as simple as antibiotics antibiotics yeah exactly yeah. now i wholeheartedly agree that these you know people and their beliefs they they do believe this they do believe that that there is uh you know healing through prayer and, and things like this, you should believe in something. Right. However, 182 children since 1972, after the first five, mm -hmm. you'd think that somebody would stand up and say, hey, this shit's not working. Right. We need to do something different mm -hmm. because they haven't evolved. Mm -hmm. Maybe before 1972 and after the 1880s, maybe there was only... 10 children mm -hmm. or 20 or how many adults is there that they just sit there and they pray over but they die anyway okay what i'm saying is is that any person with common sense out there after a few people pass away a few children pass away they're gonna say well wait a minute something's not working here right you know something else needs to be done here you and I have discussed it. We've said it many times. There's so many different ways to interpret the Bible. Mm -hmm. And I think that these people are interpreting it wrong. Yeah. I really do. I think that their interpretation of the Bible is 100% wrong. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they're maliciously killing these children. I, I, I don't think that. And you're right. I, I agree. I don't think they're malicious in what they're doing either. I just think they're ignorant. They're ignorant. Exactly. They're ignorant. Okay, and you know, I mentioned earlier that in 2014, um, a bill was put forth to the legislature, and they said, oh, no, we'll wait till 2015, and I told you in 2015, nothing came up. Yeah. Well, one thing did come up in 2015 in Idaho. They passed a parental rights bill. Okay, what, what does that entail? This ensured... That parents have a fundamental right to make decisions concerning the care, custody, education, and control of their children. So this is basically, to me, reinforcing. I mean, why should the government have to give you that right? Right. You brought these children into the world. You you should do what's right by them. Right. I, I don't know why they had to put that down on paper. That right. was an unspoken the, rule. Right. That and when the whole thing is, is in 2015, you were supposed to be revisiting the redoing of the medical exemptions. So the, they, the not only, exempt they not only did not do that, they actually enforced that by 
adding another exactly. section to it. And it's exactly. like, what the fuck is wrong with Idaho? Y'all are going backwards. Backwards. Right. You're exactly right. They're yeah. devolving. Yeah. And mm-hmm. that's asinine. <laughs> like I said earlier, make it make sense. It don't. Uh, standardized. Anyway. Idaho, are you okay? What are y'all doing? What is in are, y'all's water? Are y'all trying to secede or, I mean, what the fuck is going if on? If that's what y'all are trying to do, come let us help you. We'll help you. We'll help you. Yeah. We'll help you out. Or at least just this community. Let's just, you know, let's call it what it is. The right. rest of Idaho was, y'all were cool. Y'all were cool. This one community, y'all got some fucked up beliefs. There's their, no doubt about it. And their legislators you know, for. And their legislators for letting this shit happen. Right. Y'all. Mm. Well. Okay. Wow. Yeah. We could go, again, we could go on and on and on about this one group or this one religion. I cringe to even say religion. I'm I'm kind of leaning on the side of that guy that, that wrote that deal that saying that they're a cult. Right. Because I'm going to tell you something, man. That, there's, there's barely a difference, barely a difference mm-hmm. between this group and the one that you covered that was in Canada. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I think the only reason why they didn't get medical help was because Roke Terrio. Yeah. I, I mean, he thought he was a doctor and he didn't know shit. Well, I mean, I mean obviously, they're diagnosing. Oh, that is true. They, they did, are diagnosing. The elders did diagnose. That's right. Yeah. Saying that it was a sprained ankle and yet uh, he had true. broken bones. Right. You know, that is true. That's what I'm saying. They're yeah. trying to diagnose and then treat through prayer and rancid olive oil Mm -hmm. fuck off with that shit Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying i mean get this you know get me some tylenol get me something i mean (laughs) damn Mel. yeah but anyway like i said we can go on and on about this one but there are others out there that we could cover that will piss you off just the same yeah there are others out there well, I would say they don't go to this extent, but I kind of do. Um, it's crazy the stuff that people do and try and claim, oh, well, it's my religious belief. Sure. And I'm not. So I was asked the other day why every now and again I work on Sundays or something like that. Well, first of all, because the project dictates. Right. You know, if I got to go into work on, sun- on on Saturday and Sunday, then that's what I do to make sure that the project is, you know, successful. But why don't you go to church? Well, first of all, you're sitting there judging me. But uh, second of all. (laughs) It's none of your business. It's none of your damn business. Third of all, tell me which church Jesus Christ went to. None. None. Mm -hmm. Don't sit there and judge when. Anyway, I'm not going to get on a high horse here. (laughs) Right. But then I went on to explain that, you know, the Native Americans did not really put a box around their religious beliefs. Well, they didn't have religion. It wasn't organized religion until it It was was forced upon them Mm -hmm. or taught, whatever you want to believe. But at the same time, most of the uh, Native Americans that stayed with the tribes, Mm -hmm. they didn't adopt organized religion and they still believed in their belief which actually mine believed in the creator and they believed in the you know giving back to the earth and things like this and so how is that any different they believed in a creator they believed in giving back to the to the where we came from ashes to ashes and dust to dust which is mentioned in the bible which is mentioned in the bible we came from the earth and so we go back to the earth right 
there's a lot more that we can cover on this, but we're, you know, we don't feel like this one needs to be covered anymore because, well. Meaning the followers of the Christ. The followers of Christ. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We yeah. don't feel that these, this group, uh, because we've beaten that to death in this one. Okay. Well, <sighs> we're going to have one more episode. Um, okay. It's not going to be, obviously, the followers of Christ because we're okay. done with them. Um, the 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 last episode, I didn't know this was going to be a series. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't start it out that way, folks. But We did not. Um, it'll basically be just like other religions. Um, a gumbo, a pot of gumbo of yes. different religions, okay, or different followings, beliefs. Right. Okay. And basically, as far as um, how it affects the what would be considered in some states the unlawful part. Okay, so definitely stay tuned for that. Um, I'm hoping that you know we didn't piss you off so much that you decided to change the channel. But if uh, you have an opinion on it, whether absolutely. you agree with us or disagree with us, right. send us an email. Send I mean, us an email. Yeah, this is uh, to me. Obviously, I hate this subject, but at the same time, it's interesting because it's like, how do you people believe this? I don't I don't get it. I, I agree with it. you. I so. agree. We have some other episodes that we're preparing. Obviously, there's going to be a, a third and final. And if you want to send, you know, I said send in your opinions or whatever. If y'all know anybody that has been through this, and it don't even have to be the followers of Christ, maybe another religion that has had this happen to them, or if this has happened to you, if you want to send in your story, sure, you don't have to include your name, or if you mm -hmm. want to include your name, that's fine, but I got plenty of names that I can use from TV shows. To <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, stay tuned for possibly the third and the final series. It'll of be the final. Yeah. Yeah. Of this um, subject or mm -hmm. topic. Uh, I'm also working on uh, my next one, and we just recorded another bonus episode. And it was great. It was hilarious. <laughs> so we encourage you guys to go buy our Patreon page. Just search at uh, patreon.com for Criminally Disturbed. And uh, stay tuned for those next episodes that are coming up. I'm Paul. And I'm Jamie. And please join us next time. And remember to stay disturbed. Bye. Bye. Bye.